Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another Decades of Strength podcast. I'm Katie Crocus. I'll be your host today. Along with me, I have Marcy Nevin and Kim Schlag. As always, ladies, how are you? Hi, Katie. Hi, Marcy. Doing well. Hey, ladies. Yep. All is well here. Good. So before we dig in, Kim, what have you been up to lately that's been fun and exciting? Well, if you guys saw my stories this weekend, I was just living my dream here. Got to go see Harry Styles for the third time this year. Well, in the past six months, we've gone three times. It's so fun that I have a daughter who likes this. This was this was me as a teenager. So when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with bands and music and going to concerts. Like it was back in the day where you would sleep out to get concert tickets. And like we'd go sleep out and, and get our tickets and go. And I went to so many concerts, Duran Duran and Wham. And I went to Live Aid for have I mean, that's 24 hour concert. Like I loved it. And as a grown up, like you know, there's not always as much time, but I still try and go to concerts as much as possible. And then my daughter, like a year and a half ago, super got into like bands and especially like loves Harry Styles. And it's just been like a really cool bonding experience for us to get to do this together. And she amazingly got us tickets. I don't know if you guys know what it's like to get concert tickets anymore, but it's like when I was a kid, you just went and got in a line and you got a ticket or you didn't get a ticket. And these days there's this whole weird process. You have to get a code from Ticketmaster weeks before you have to put in to be a verified fan. I think they're trying to get rid of ticket scalpers, but it's not really working. And so you have to get this code that not everybody gets. And so she's gotten lucky and has gotten the codes, but then just because you have the code doesn't mean you get a ticket. And then you take your code and you sit in front of your computer and you get put in a queue and you see like, eventually they let you get into like the room to buy. And then it's like a free for all trying to get it in your cart before somebody steals your tickets. I did this a couple months ago to get us tickets and failed like miserably. Like I spent two hours, even though I was in there, I'm putting tickets in my basket and they're gone before I can check out. That is so high stress. It's so high stress. And she was at school texting me and my son and I are like, we're trying, we're trying. Like, why are we not getting the tickets? Well, this time she got the code um, and she was home when the tickets went on sale. So she did it. And she's like, it happened so fast. She's like, mom, I think maybe you have to cancel our credit card. I think I, I think I just got scammed. There's no way I just got the tickets. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like you were on an official Ticketmaster site. Well, sure enough, she like starts getting emails from Ticketmaster and we got the tickets. And they were, they're not a normal concert. His new album was released last week. And the day it was released, he was performing the entire album for the first time. Nobody had ever heard it from start to finish. And all tickets were 25 bucks, oh no matter God. where you sat. So we got two $25 tickets and she just grabbed the first ones. So when we saw where our tickets were, we're like, all right, at least we're going to be in the room, but they look like really bad tickets. They were behind the stage. Uh -huh. And I was like, it's going to depend. Like, what do they have up there? And we walked into the room. I'm like, we're not going to see anything like this big thing is in our way. And we're like, are they dropping that part of the curtain or not? And sure enough, they did. And so we didn't know literally till the concert started that we had amazing tickets. Like our seats were like three rows back. Like I could see his face. I was now I've never been that close. It was they were so good, but they had the potential to be like rock bottom terrible. Like you're in the room and you can hear it, but you can't see. So we were just we were just over the moon excited. It was really, it was an incredible experience. That is unforgettable. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my I, I remember those days though of I think we did it at what was it block no, blockbuster? Do you remember that place? No, the yeah. warehouse. The warehouse. That's what it was. It was a music store. And yeah, you would go and line up and just stand there for hours. People were yeah. camping out overnight. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Past. Yeah. So it's all very different these days about how you get tickets. In a lot of ways, I think it's harder. Sounds mm -hmm. like it. Harder. That sounds stressful. Oh man. Yeah, well, I'm glad, I'm glad it worked out for you. Yeah. 
That yeah, that's fantastic. I haven't been to a concert in like two years. I took my girls to see maybe three now to see Taylor Swift on her Reputation tour, and I want to see her. that was yeah, that was one of those shows too that I was like I'd never seen a show like that before. Growing up, it was like you know Dave Matthews Band, and you know it, I can't even remember, but it was a lot of like acoustic sounds in there, which just wasn't mm. a lot of like pyrotechnics and stuff like that that was a like the word show doesn't begin to encompass what like artists are doing today on tour like it is vegas style productions in like your you know local football stadium (laughs) yeah yeah super cool well ladies i'm gonna dive into our subject today so this was something that we all thought was kind of important to talk about because there's a lot of terms in this space that really get thrown around quite flippantly and i think sometimes um, it can become sort of toxic when a coach tells you to do something like just dot, 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 and it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't get received that way when you are in it actually having to do the work yourself. And the phrase that we're talking about today is enjoy the process. How many of us have heard that term and been like, and, and then followed up by that's the key. That's the only way. If you don't enjoy the journey, you'll never be able to, to you know, maintain your end result that feels like Uh, oh my God, oh my God, I better figure out ways to love vegetables and running and lifting weights. And all of a sudden it just feels like the the room could be closing in on you. So let's start, Um, ladies. Marcel, throw it to you first. Have you enjoyed your journey? Have you enjoyed your process? Because clearly you have made a lot of progress in your lifetime. Have you enjoyed it? I gotta say, I really have. I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. And, and I throw that phrase around all the time in my content with my clients. And I understand that it's not enjoyable for everybody. So I respect that. I appreciate that. And I'm not saying that, like you were mentioning, Katie, that every single part of it has to be enjoyable. I think for me, like, I, I guess I'm just lucky in that I, I enjoy eating healthy and that's not a struggle for me. It never really has been. Uh, do I always enjoy training? No, not necessarily. So most days, like I do not feel quote unquote motivated to go to the gym and lift unless it's upper body day, I will say. Um, but like, if it's a hard lower body day, you know, I'm sitting on my couch procrastinating or in my car before I walk into the gym, you know, like, oh gosh, I really don't want to do this. And, uh, so yeah, like that part is not always enjoyable for me. I do find joy in like certain components. So I love getting my movement. I love going for walks. Um, yeah, I enjoy eating well and cooking and doing all that kind of stuff. I think it's the training that can sometimes feel like a little bit more of a grind, but what I find satisfaction in is how all of those habits and behaviors make me feel on the other side. Like there is nothing more gratifying than keeping the promises that you make to yourself, overcoming resistance. I think I've talked about what I call the pillow test on here, but when your head hits the pillow at night, you feel proud of yourself because like you showed up, you put in the work, you didn't give into temptations or excuses or whatever. And that for me is what is gratifying. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. Super important to make sure that you are happy with what is happening at the end of the day, because it's certainly not going to be worth it. Right. (laughs) If you are, you know, grinding through whatever it happens to be. And then at the end of the night, at the end of the night, you're thinking, well, that certainly doesn't feel any better now than it did then. Uh, Kim, what about you? How you approached everything or how, how you felt about the process? 
So I was thinking about this after we decided to talk about this topic and the thing that popped into my head that I would compare it to as far as you should enjoy the process or are you enjoying the process is parenthood. Like, do I enjoy the process of being a parent? Absolutely. Do I enjoy each and every minute of being a parent? Heck no. Like I can think of times in the past couple of months where I'm like, this stinks. Like Hmm. you kids are crazy and you're driving me nuts, right? And parents of young children know there's a lot of moments that are like, how will I ever make it to the end? Like I'm never even gonna make it to the end of this day, right? So, but overall, I love it, right? Like I love being a mom. There's nothing better than being a mom, but there's so many minutes where it just stinks. And it's the same way with fitness in my mind. That has been my personal experience that overall, I enjoy the process. It's been incredible to see like where I started and where I've come from, but there have been so many really hard moments. And I can think like back at the beginning, it was super exciting and I was seeing all this fast progress, but a few years in, I was like, I don't see progress that fast anymore. Or like when I was really working on increasing my squat and I was like, I'm never going to get to 200 pounds. I'm never going to get past that. Like I would go months and months without seeing anything happen. And that wasn't easy. Same thing with like, um, when I've gone into deficit sometimes just to like lose like five pounds, that's not fun. That's not really fun to try and like lose the quote unquote last five pounds. Like that's a really tedious process. But overall, when I look at the bulk of my fitness journey, there's so much I have enjoyed about it. And I think there's a lot we can talk about today. to like how you can find some joy in the process, whether you enjoy every bit of it or not. Like Marcy was saying, even just looking at the results that you're after, there's a lot of way to find joy in the process, even if you're not enjoying every last minute. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple fundamental things that I think we can all agree are really the pillars of, of improving your health. So movement is one, um, certainly nutrition is one, sleep is another one. And those are all three that uh, a lot of times people have a really hard time grasping, finding the joy in like turning off Netflix and going to bed early, or, you know, I really just don't like vegetables or whatever, whatever it is. So as coaches, um, Marcy, how do you handle it when someone comes to you and says, I, I appreciate what you're saying as a coach, but this is just not something that's going to work in my lifestyle. Um, but you see it as an essential piece. Mm -hmm. How do you proceed? Yeah. Well, I think finding what is going to be at least a little bit enjoyable for them. So you can do things many different ways. So yeah, just having that conversation with someone and saying like, okay, maybe you hate strength training, but is there any component of it that we can get you to like just enough to get your foot in the door? If you really hate eating vegetables, okay, is there a way that we can sneak them into your diet so that you don't really realize that they're there kind of thing? Um, So yeah, I think just meeting someone where they are is really the best strategy. Yeah. Kim, do you have anything to add to that? Absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent. And what I would say in addition is helping them look for, like, I literally was messaging somebody yesterday. She had emailed me that she's on my, she's on the wait list for fitter after 40 that's opening in August. And she's in her fifties. And she's like, I have never liked strength training, but I know I need to. She's like, I know it's important for me to age well for like my bone health. She's like, but I just don't like it. And I want to join your course and have you like, help me like it, something along those lines. And I was like, I gotta be honest, like you still might not like it, but can we help you find a way so you're getting minimal effective dose so that you're getting the benefit that is really valuable to you? Yes, 
we can do that. I will say a lot of women come to me, not super jazzed about strength training, but there's something they want. They want to look better. They want to feel better. They want to move better. And over time, I haven't worked with a single person who hasn't found something that they like about strength training. They might not be like me and like, yay, it's like time to work on my pushups or my pull-ups, but they might feel a great deal of satisfaction from being able to see how they got better at that or see how they're now able to, one of my clients was not able to get out of her gardening beds on her own accord. Like she had to like use both of her arms and she really wanted to be able to just stand up with the power of her legs. She couldn't even do a single lunge when we started. So we started with like assisted lunges. I would literally hold her. This was in my gym. And she, and she got to the point where she was doing really heavy weighted lunges and she could get out of her garden. And that meant a lot to her. Not that she loved strength training. That didn't mean a lot to her. So what can we find that you value in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to kind of piggyback because we've talked about Karen Ordine on this podcast before, and I'm a member of her change Academy. And so right now the Lord this month was all about habits and she has now created a community. It's kind of like a Facebook community, um, where we are diving more into what the topic was of that training. And so, yeah, we're doing like a habit challenge And one of the things that we're talking about is like the craving for the habit. So oftentimes we think about cravings for, you know, food or something like that. And that is going to drive our, like, I guess (laughs) it's going to drive us to do something, but when there's like resistance to a habit kind of like, or something that you need to be doing, like you were saying, Kim strength training or eating healthy or, getting a good night's sleep, whatever it might be, like, how can you instill that intrinsic craving within yourself? And like, how can you cultivate that? And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the feeling. So how am I going to feel after I do this, but also like, how is this going to attach to like my overall values and the long-term vision that I have for myself? Like what I want, how do I want to feel not just in the moment or right after the fact, but like the rest of my life. So yeah, I, I value health. I value vitality. And then clinging to that is going to be a really helpful way for you to just kind of like overcome the suck when you're really feeling like you don't want to do something. Um, and then I think too, just like trying to find the happy medium, so to speak. So if you have a specific goal in mind, there's a result that you want to achieve. Let's say it's building more muscle or it's, you know, improving your body composition, like you want to look like you lift, so to speak, then yeah, you're probably going to have to do things in a very specific way, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you can't also incorporate other forms of movement that you enjoy to balance it out. So, okay. I'm going to prioritize this thing because that is my, you know, path to success. But in order to make this journey more enjoyable, then I will also incorporate, you know, maybe like one day of a group fitness class or going for bike rides and whatever it might be so that you don't feel like you're just doing that one thing and having to let go of the other things that bring you satisfaction. Mm -hmm. That's that. No, that's fantastic. I think having, having that choice too is so important. And I mean, how lucky are is one or are we that we get to choose like how blessed are we that we get to choose our suck that like it's not placed upon us like we have the ability to do these things and we have the privilege of being able to select them 
in ways that best suit our goals and best blend in our lives. I mean, they don't have to look like the, the, this Instagrammer who seems to have everything perfect. And that is really important too, is to sort of eliminate the comparative piece because your life is not her life or their life. And if we're constantly comparing our practical to their optimal, there's always going to be an element of shame in there. And I feel like that's going to drive you even farther from your goals. So let's talk about some, some small tips to kind of help us enjoy the process on things. I have one in my head, so I can start right now. For me, one of the things that I know Jordan Syatt does now that I've joined his inner circle, I see like all of his, um, his whole framework. And I love that he has an accountability tracker, something that's just so simple, so easy. It's that box that you get to check at the end of the day, because as we know, if you're looking at things like scale weight, that's not always going to be in your favor, but the box to check at the end of the day is totally binary. Like, by the way, it doesn't have to be, I hit my macros. I did my workout. I got my steps. It can be whatever you deem a good day. And then you get to hang your hat on that. And really kind of Marcy, like you said, it goes in line with, with the pillow test. So do you guys have any other tips up there people can do to kind of incorporate that sort of idea? into their plan. Kim? I love the one that you just mentioned. Um, you know, Jordan's been my coach forever and I got that idea from him with the tracker. And it's a huge part of my coaching that I find so motivating for people because it helps them see where they're at in the process and be really, um, like well aware if they're not seeing results, they can look and be like, Oh, well, you know, I haven't hit my calories. You know, I've hit my calories three of the past you know, 17 days or, you know, on the other hand, maybe the scale's moving slowly, but they can look and be like, wow, like I've hit my calories. I've hit my steps. I've done my workouts. Like it's going to happen. Like I'm, I'm definitely like, I have a really clear view of where I'm at. So I love that consistency calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would add, or another thing I would add is pairing things you don't like with things that you do so that there's this idea of like, it doesn't all stink. Right. And so maybe you're a person who like, you really don't like vegetables. That was me guys. There's so much of this. Like I didn't like vegetables. I had terrible sleep. Like I've personally been in all of these places. And so if you don't like vegetables and you're committing to like, Hey, I'm going to be the grown up who eats their dang vegetables. Like what can you pair that with to make it more palatable? Maybe it's not most healthy thing to like slather your vegetables in butter or cheese, but it's a step to getting you to eat them. So do it, like put them in butter and cheese. For me, the thing that I really liked when I first started eating vegetables is I really like garlic and onions. And so I bought garlic paste and literally any vegetable I ate was like slathered in garlic paste and like either pan seared or like on the grill. And then I could eat it. Like I didn't hate it. Wasn't like, Oh, this is the best thing ever. But like I was mostly getting a big mouthful of garlic and whatever the vegetable was. And so I looked for ways to make it more palatable. And you can do that with anything. Like maybe, maybe you don't love strength training, but you do love, um, you do love spending time with certain friends. Like, can you train together? Right. Or maybe you don't like, I really like walking. Marcy really loves walking, but maybe you don't love walking. Can you pair that with a phone call with somebody or a podcast you really like? What can you do with the thing you don't really love? What can you pair with it to make it feel less the? Oh, that's so good. I love that. Marcy, yeah. you have some other ones? Yeah, I, I like that. Kim kind of like the habit stacking. So yeah, for me, like the days that I don't want to go out on my walk, I'm like, oh, but I really want to listen to that podcast. So that's the thing that will allow me to do it. You know, like if you really love listening to music, okay, make yourself a really great playlist and like use that when you go hit the gym. So those are really great suggestions, Kim. Uh, for me, I would say celebrating your wins. 
So I encourage all my clients to do this at the end of the day. You know, they have a tracking sheet that they fill out and on it, there is like, what were your wins for the day? And I do that because it allows them to focus on what went well, what they are doing right, rather than always focusing on the negative because, you know, we do have that negativity bias just as humans. So we're going to hyper fixate on the one thing that we didn't do well. So oh, skip my workout today. And we totally overlook everything that we did right, the way that we did show up for ourselves. And so the more you can focus on those, yeah, those wins, the more it's going to, I think, create that enjoyment of the process. Cause you're like, oh, look at this, you know, progress that I am making and look at all the things that I am doing well. And that's going to, I think, create more positive momentum to want to continue and to kind of get you through, like Kim was saying earlier, when you're in the thick of it, when you're in the stuck, when the, or stuck, excuse me, when, yeah, the scale isn't moving or the weights aren't going up, but yeah, that can kind of get you through to the other side. If you can see all of the things that you are doing, right. Yeah. I I agree on all counts. So, I mean, one of the last things I'd add is it, a, a major, a massive lifestyle shift is almost never going to work. So it's really hard to enjoy the process if you're going from one end of the spectrum to the other. So whatever it is you decide that you want to do, you want your goal to be, make sure that you're still incorporating things that you love. If you're a runner and your strength coach is saying, dial back the running, stop running, but you love it, but you can still work that in. If you absolutely love chocolate chip cookies, but you have a, a lower calorie target, you can find a way to work that in. There, there are ways to incorporate things you love. And that to me is how you not only enjoy the process, but begin to live in the gray and understand the flexibility that truly can exist if you allow it. So um, realizing that you don't have to go from zero to 60 in this process. In fact, not only is that not gonna help you sustain long-term, it's, 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 it's not gonna even help you. In, it might help you in the short-term, but it's not gonna, certainly not gonna help you in the long-term. So, uh, Maybe I want to add one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Considering how you set your goals. So there's two things with that. I would talk about one focusing on setting approach goals versus avoidance goals. So instead of saying like, I'm, you know, not going to snack all day, I'm, you could say like, I'm going to eat all of my meals seated and plated. Right. So it, it can feel, um, well, research just shows us that's a better way to set goals for one. And it just feels better knowing like I have accomplished something versus like I was able to not do something. And then the other one is setting action-based goals versus um, outcome-based goals. Now you need an outcome-based goal to know where you're going to go, right? So like maybe your goal is I want to, you know, run a 10K, but what is your action-based goal? Uh, You know, maybe it's I'm going to do X for my training this week. I'm doing two shorter runs and one longer run, whatever it is, because those are behaviors that you can say, yes, I did it or no, I didn't. And it's way more motivating than just like this amorphous, like end that may feel really far off. Same way with weight loss. I, when people try and say that their goal is I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. That that's not something every day that you're controlling. Right. But once you set what that, whatever that outcome goal is, then you really hone it down to what are the actions I need to take today 
to have that behavioral outcome. And you laser focus on those and you kind of let that outcome goal be. It's just kind of out there, but you're not thinking about it because you could think all day long about I'm losing 20 pounds. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. But what are you actually going to be able to control to make that happen? Those are the things you need to focus on. You know, like I'm eating protein at every meal and I'm eating X number of calories or whatever the plan is you're doing. It feels so much better than constantly chasing this thing that you really can't make happen without the actions. Mm. That's fantastic. I, I think too, along with that, joining a community of people who are, are like-minded and under, are, and are trying to do the same thing you're doing, even if they're all learning with you, if you have, I know Kim, you have a program that, that you walk women through that specializes in, you know, postmenopausal or premenopausal through all of it, period, basically anybody over 40. Yeah. And so how amazing that is such a confusing time. And to have somebody who not only is, is leading it like you with your, your area of expertise, but then to have all of these other people who are in a similar season of life with you, I think it's that's a community. hugely powerful thing to have a community of yes. people who are doing the same thing you're doing, right? Cause other people in your life might not get it. You might not have anybody in your literal day to day life who gives a hoot about getting stronger or like yeah. improving their um, longevity or losing weight. Like maybe nobody cares or mm-hmm. maybe they just have really bad information about it. And they're like, we should do a cleanse together. And you know, in your mind, you're like, that's not going to work. Right. Yeah. So getting in with a community of people who is on the same page as you is just so powerful. It, it is powerful. And it can, I've certainly done that to my own detriment with group fitness. So, I mean, I think there's a delicate balance when it comes to getting involved in a community. I think too, there's communities that are doing things like, you know, like you said, Kim, 75 hard, or you said cleanses, but to me, and from my mind, 75 hard usually pops mm-hmm. up because that's one that I really have a lot of strong distaste for. Uh, and so I think you have to really, it's a relatively delicate balance, but just make sure that you um, have a leader who is really aligned with your goals and your values in, in this whole process. Because uh, if you're new to everything and you are kind of going to, you know, feel like you need to raise your hand every five minutes and ask, like, I, I don't know about this. Um, having someone who's got your back, who's been there, who knows what they're doing, it's going to make a big difference. So um, you don't have to hire a one-to-one coach. You can, you know, join a community and that's going to be very helpful too. Uh, so what I'd love to close ladies, I'd love to know um, as we kind of tie up all the loose ends here, is there anything that you've tried to achieve or that you let go of because you've just decided that you don't enjoy the process enough to make the, the juice worth the squeeze? Um, years ago, I wanted to get into Olympic lifting. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing powerlifting. I had some in-person friends. It was actually a teenage girl who I went to church with and she was an Olympic lifter and I'd go watch her meets and I was really jazzed by the community. I was really excited about the idea. And I just realized it's not for me because I have a wonky shoulder and the idea of trying to like constantly throw heavy weight over my shoulder. I'm like, it's going to be perpetual injury. It's going to be me perpetually fighting against, like I can work out really well without messing up my shoulder. And I really wanted to do it. And I finally had to be like, that is not going to be for me. And that is okay. <laughs> and that is okay. Yes. And that is okay. And I can enjoy watching. I think it's really cool to watch people who do the Olympic lifts. I think it's super fun, but I just know it's not for me. And I like that. It's a, that was a specific piece of, um, training. It wasn't like, I'm not picking up a weight ever again. Cause I don't right. like this. It was this particular way isn't right for me, but there's a whole host of other options that I can, the rope paths that I can go down. Yeah. And it's like that with everything, even though sometimes we feel with our television, like if I can't do that, I can't do anything. Right. And it's it's not true. 
Exactly. That's, that's a good takeaway. Anything for you, Mars? Yeah. When I tried to become a power lifter. So oh. I don't think I, I don't think I ever wanted to be a power lifter deep down. And I shared the story many times. So I apologize to all the listeners who have heard it, but you know, my boyfriend at the time was a very successful one, like squatting a thousand pounds, this and that. And, you know, I want, not that I wanted to squat a thousand pounds, but like, I just wanted like a piece of that. And, and I think it was, you know, kind of a, also like a, I didn't feel good enough compared to him. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go and get really strong too. It was this total competitive thing. Cause like, that is just who I am. So I went to this gym and it was really fun in the beginning because I, like we were saying, it was a community atmosphere and I love that energy. And I was starting to see myself, you know, get stronger, which it was like, wow, this hasn't really happened for a long time. So that was exciting. But the allure started to fade really quickly when it become kind or so became kind of a toxic environment. And I didn't like the way that I was treated. And I just don't think I also like liked powerlifting enough to want to push myself through that. So maybe I was not in the first place, even, you know, listening to the desires of my heart. It was all very ego-based. And I think I lasted about a year. And then I literally walked out one day after an altercation with the coach. I was like, nope, I'm done. Never came back. And, you know, went back to my bodybuilding type of ways, which is always what I enjoyed. So I think sometimes you need to do that. You need to, you know, venture out and try new things, but also listen to like what your gut is telling you. And if it's no longer right, like you don't have to force it. So there's a difference between this is hard. This is uncomfortable, but I am getting some satisfaction out of it. And this is hard. This is uncomfortable. And I literally have to force myself to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said for me, it was running. Uh, after I had my daughter, I thought running was going to be the answer because it was just so the barrier to entry was just so low. Like all I needed was a pair of, of tennis shoes and I could go out my front door. I could, like, it didn't, I didn't have to drive anywhere. I could do it in 20 minutes. Like I just thought it was going to be the best form of fitness for me to just like clear my head. And I know not to mention the fact that, gosh, so that was like 12 years ago. I feel like at that point running was what everybody did. Like that was the, the for moms, especially that was like the preferred form of fitness. Cause it was just so, you know, I use the quote easy, um, to do. And, uh, I could not get into it. Um, I tried really hard. I signed, I did a couple half marathons and I was so disappointed in myself. There was a lot of shame for me in terms of not like, why can't I do this? Why do my hips hurt? Why do my ankles hurt? Why do I hate every second of this? when everybody <laughs> else is talking about the runner's high. Like I couldn't figure it out. And I think there's a lot of like to unpack with that I could, but if I'm just talking about like at the, the, the baseline, I had to just kind of like cut my losses and be like, guess what, Katie, there are other ways to feel strong. And actually, I, I mean, I feel like it was a really excellent um, experience in the end because it made me realize that I don't have to do what all of my other mom friends were doing. Um, I was able to find like forward my own way. And so I think it's just important to, to keep it that in mind and to just choose activities foods, community training that you can maintain because the goal is never to stop. Just like, it's never to just do this until you hit your goal and then it's done. That's, I, I hope everybody understands that um, all this is life and this is meant to be maintained and lived. And so if you're not finding, you know, happiness in something, find another way. I love that. I love that, Katie. 
Any other closing thoughts? Uh, I'm not giving up on running yet. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. I'm not going to tell anybody when I finally do it. I've had to start and stop that dang program so many times because of (laughs) reasons. And I've decided the next time I started, I'm not telling anybody till I'm at least six weeks in. (laughs) Fair. Fair enough. No, I think we covered it. Okay. Well, Thanks everyone, as always, for tuning in. We are always happy to have you here. Feel free to always send us a message if you ever have suggestions or anything that you want us to cover. Till then, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.